Hello and welcome to the Eerie Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Kieran, and I'll be guiding you through everything geek. In this episode, I'll be talking to you about one of the most popular series in gaming, a series that takes you through the strands of time, takes you around the world, allowing you to meet some of the most famous faces to ever have walked the earth. I will be discussing Assassin's Creed and whether I feel the series has lost its way from its roots. So sit back, relax, as I tell you about one of my most favourite series. Before I can discuss my feelings on the series, I must first tell you about the series and where it started. And to do that, I have to take you all the way back to October 2003. With Halloween just around the corner, a game was to come out which would change the way we played platformers forever. A game which would allow gamers to fix their mistakes with just a click of a button, sending our young protagonists flying back from certain death to allow the player to make the treacherous jump again. This game was, of course, The Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, a series which at the time was a rival for the likes of Tomb Raider, which was currently sitting on the throne of adventure platformer games, with Lara Croft being the queen of gaming, no one being able to take her crown. While that remained true, our protagonist, the prince, while agile and able to make death-defying jumps and climb stomach-churning heights, he was not enough to make gamers forget about the tomb-raiding heroine. Prince of Persia redefined the genre by allowing players to traverse increasingly difficult stages to harrowing heights, and if they made a mistake, use the sands of time to reverse time and start again, in the hopes that they'd be able to make the jump and this time survive it. The game was made by Ubisoft, who were also the creators of games such as Rainbow Six, Splinter Cell, and of course, Assassin's Creed. Towards the end of 2003, Sands of Time creative director Patrice Desolais had started work on a spin-off series of The Prince of Persia, which would focus on the bodyguard of the prince, who was essentially an assassin tasked with protecting the prince. Patrice felt that the prince was not a solid enough figure to carry a series, as he was just that, a prince, someone waiting to become king and was not that exciting of a character. The assassin, on the other hand, was from a secret society called Asiyun, or Assassins, founded by Muslim missionary Hassan e Sabah. Their reputation was feared as they were known for killing political and religious figures, as ordered by their masters. This allowed Desolée to change the concept of the game for the prince to those who protected him, his bodyguards, the Assassins. The game was later titled Prince of Persia Assassins and would focus on the player, an assassin, protecting a young prince from Jerusalem and escorting him to safety. When Patrice pitched the idea to Ubisoft, they rejected it almost straight away, stating that it didn't focus on the prince, but rather his bodyguard and took away from the series. So the team behind the Sands of Time moved on to what would become Assassin's Creed. Released in 2007 on next-gen consoles at the time, the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, Assassin's Creed was set around a futuristic machine called the Animus, which allowed its users to access genetic memories of his or her ancestors. The protagonist of the series was one Desmond Miles, voiced by Nolan North of Uncharted fame. Desmond was a bartender, who was relatively unimpressive, but his ancestor was an assassin called Altair Imblahad, who lived in the Holy Land during the Third Crusade. As the company who made the Animus Abstergo scoured Desmond's memories to what they claim gain more information about the Assassins, they learn of a battle between the Assassins and the Templars as they search for an artifact known only 
as the Peace of Eden. Flittering between Desmond, where you learn more about Abstergo and the Animus, and Altair, the player must rise through the ranks of the Assassins by killing members of the Templar Order, and in doing so, learn more about the Peace of Eden, the Assassins, and the Templars. Altair would kill his targets by using his infamous hidden blade, which was attached to his wrist as he would sneak and stealth his way around the game world, from Masayef to famous cities in the Holy Land, such as Jerusalem, Damascus, and Acre. In 2009, Ubisoft released Assassin's Creed II, which followed Ezio Auditore de Firenze, the son of an Italian aristocrat who discovered the Assassin's Order and moved up through the ranks to become a master assassin. For the next two titles, Revelations and Brotherhood, players would fill the boots of Ezio and follow his journey as he grew as an assassin to become one of gaming's most notable and famous characters. Assassin's Creed is described as a non-linear adventure game which allows the player to go wherever they like, climb almost everything with its mix of free climbing and parkour as players hunt down their victims. While throughout the series, this has been a focal point as players climb notable buildings from the Colosseum, Notre Dame, and even the Houses of Parliament. While it is at the bare bones an open world adventure game, allowing players to navigate through detailed carnations of Rome, Florence, London, Paris, Boston, and much more, meeting famous figures of history like Leonardo da Vinci to George Washington to even the infamous Blackbeard. Assassin's Creed has always tried to better itself with every rendition, and by this I mean creating bigger, fuller worlds for the player to traverse, to having more collectibles and characters to find. However, in my opinion this can come with a price. Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, for example, took players to the Caribbean during the height of piracy, taking control of Edward Kenway, who starts out as a lowly privateer and soon becomes the member of the Creed and a full-blown pirate. Players were given a vast sea to explore, with multiple desert islands and inhabited islands to boot. During the exploration of the sea, players would engage in vast exciting ship battles and even treasure hunting. While all of this changed Assassin's Creed for the better, fleshing out the game and immersing the player a lot more, in my opinion it did add a bit too much to the game, making completing it more of a chore than an enjoyable experience, like previous entries to the series. Following the release of Black Flag, Ubisoft went back to its roots creating Assassin's Creed Unity, which was set during the French Revolution, allowing players to explore Paris and the surrounding areas. Gone were the epic ship battles and vast explorations, and they went back to what Assassin's Creed was all about, hunting down members of the Templars and finding new ways of assassinating your targets. While it was the first game to come out on the next-gen consoles, PS4 and Xbox One, it was released with a barrage of technical issues, and remains one of Assassin's Creed's most glitchy games. They continued the trend with Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which took players to Victorian London and brought a very steampunk feel to the series. This was also the first game in the series to allow players to switch between characters and play as a female protagonist. However, the sales of the games were very poor compared to that of previous titles, and I feel that has something to do with the reputation that Ubisoft had created for itself. Ubisoft had gotten the reputation of releasing Assassin's Creed games on an annual basis, which probably accounts for why the game felt like something of a clone of one another. Games were being rushed out to make sure they were meeting the annual timeline, and from Assassin's Creed 2 in 2009, a new Assassin's Creed game would be released every single year, each game only really having a slight difference from the last. However, following the release of Assassin's Creed Syndicate, 
Ubisoft noticed that there was a dip in their sales of the game and decided that they needed to do something drastic to change up the series. So, in 2017, Ubisoft would release a game that would change Assassin's Creed forever, improving a tiring series immensely. Set in ancient Egypt, Assassin's Creed Origins follows Bayek, a Magi set to protect the ancient town of Siwa. His son is killed by a group called the Order of the Ancients, and Bayek must go on a revenge mission to destroy the Order and take down anyone responsible for the death of his son. Along the way, he discovers the Hidden Ones, who are the forerunners to the Assassin's Brotherhood. What follows is a roller coaster ride as he falls deeper into the Order of the Ancients and discovers that there's a lot more going on than he knew. Ubisoft went back to the drawing board with Origins and remade Assassin's Creed from the ground up, changing everything you know about the series and how it plays, creating a vast world to explore, new game mechanics which would change the way the series would go. Origins was more of an open world RPG than the linear adventure game players had grown up with, but admittedly grown tired of. With a detailed skill tree allowing players to gain experience to unlock new skills required to improve Bayek, as well as having skill-based areas on the map, which meant you could only access them when you were at a certain level, meaning the enemies were much harder than previous areas. This was something that was originally introduced to the Far Cry series. In my opinion, Origins felt a lot like Far Cry 3 and 4, but with an Assassin's Creed skin on it, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Camps and forts littered the area, requiring players to change their playstyle in order to complete the camps efficiently in a way to avoid being noticed or setting off alarms. Again, very reminiscent of Far Cry. It seemed that Ubisoft had taken a lot of inspiration from their FPS open-world RPG series. Origins is one of, if not, my favourite game in the series. This is because of the changes made by Ubisoft which proved that Assassin's Creed could be a lot more than what it was. They seemed to get the balance right with Origins, changing the series enough to make it feel brand new, but not enough to change the fact that it's still an Assassin's Creed game. The game was not filled with too many collectibles which made it more enjoyable to collect them and not a chore like that of Black Flag and the world was big enough and full enough to make me enjoy it and want to explore and not feel overwhelmed. It helps that the setting was perfect and implemented in a way to make it feel real and informative, not like a cheap Disney ride. I feel that with the next two instalments of the game, Ubisoft fell into the same trap that they had previously, in where the following games would be very similar to their predecessors and would go back to their annual releases, which had a massive impact on the quality of the games produced. Assassin's Creed Odyssey was the next game in the series and it would be the first game in the series to allow players to play as a female protagonist from the outset. Players would have the choice as to whether play as Cassandra or her brother Alexius, also known as Eagle Bearer, who was a mercenary who was as a child banished from Spartan society as they stood up against the elders as they tried to throw their younger sibling off a mountain. The game was set in ancient Greece during the Peloponnesian War between 431 and 422 BC. The siblings were descendants from the infamous King Leonidas, and throughout the game they find out about a cult called the Cult of Cosmos, who have their hands in many pies. Players soon discover that it is their sibling who is at the forefront of the cult. They must travel to a very sparse and very large ancient Greece, taking down members of the cult. In my opinion, I feel that Odyssey is a clone of Origins, just with a different skin and storyline. 
The game, I feel, has far too much added to it, making completing the vast storyline and exploration a chore and not enjoyable. I feel that the story lacks substance and did not enthrall unlike its predecessor and was left with a sour taste when I finished the main storyline and felt that even when the main story was done, I had no desire to continue on through the exploration of ancient Greece, where unlike Origins, I couldn't wait to get back into the deserts of ancient Egypt. The next game that Ubisoft would release would be Assassin's Creed Valhalla, an ambitious entry into the series. This entry follows Eivor Wolfkist, the child of an infamous Viking clan leader who is killed during an attack on their village by a rival clan. Eivor is cast out and left to fend for themselves. They are soon set upon by a group of wolves who severely injure young Eivor, and he is eventually taken in by a Viking king. What follows is a story of a Viking warrior's journey as they leave Norway and invade the UK and set up home and explore the vast lands of England. Again, players are given the opportunity to play as both female and male protagonists. While the world of ancient England seems a lot more alive than that of its predecessor, it still feels that there's far too much to do in it. The country is split into different counties that Eivor must visit in order to get their allegiance. This involves completing various quests, while some are very interesting and make for some very enjoyable gameplay, others are very boring and mundane. To complete each county, you must find mysteries such as eating hallucinogenic mushrooms and completing puzzles to stacking stones on top of one another. There are treasures and artifacts to find in every county and the obligatory pointless side quest. Not only did Valhalla introduce a brand new location, it also introduced a brand new skill tree and level system which is incredibly in-depth, adding loads of skills and abilities for players to unlock. Instead of levelling up from level 1, players unlock two skill points every time they level up and go up through the levels very quickly, and you're level 100 before you know it. It's a very confusing system, and personally, I feel that it doesn't make levelling up as exciting or desperate as it feels in previous entries, or in any other RPG. Like Origins and Odyssey, there's an underlying storyline of a cult in which you have to kill its members, but this time, it feels more of an afterthought than actually being included in the main game, and unlike Origins, it doesn't actually affect the main storyline. It is also as if Ubisoft said they needed to add this in and just threw something together. I'm enjoying Valhalla a lot more than Odyssey, but I do feel that the main storyline is very boring and is not enticing me to want to play through much of it, so I can go months where I don't even touch the game, which is a shame as the setting is one I find very interesting. During your time playing, you meet a member of the Assassin's Brotherhood who was sent to the UK to find out more about the order that was set up in the UK during the Roman invasion. This is an interesting take as it allows players to be involved in the Brotherhood and become an assassin of sorts. And unlike Odyssey, where you don't even touch on the Brotherhood, it's a welcome addition because it's almost as if an old friend has come back and you've not seen for a very long time. So my question is, has Assassin's Creed lost its way from its roots, or has it changed for the better? In my opinion, I feel that the series had tried to involve with the times and almost grow up with its players who have grown up with the series, but they've got lost along the way and forgotten where it came from. I feel that the games are less Assassin's Creed and more of a generic open world RPG with elements of Assassin's Creed and the name, but not what the game should be. I would love to see the series go back to its roots and explore more of what the game used to be and less of what it's turned into. I would like Ubisoft to take a break from the series like they did in 2015 and not release another game for a few years to make sure that when they do, 
they go back to the roots and make it perfect. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Eerie Nerd Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, there's lots of ways that you can do that. You can email me at eerienerdpodcast at hotmail.com or you can send me a tweet over at earth underscore eerie. Eerie Earth is also on Facebook, on Instagram, and also on TikTok. So there's lots of ways for you to be able to get in contact with me. Do you have a topic idea or something that you want to discuss? Then please let me know and I'll be more than happy to have a look at it and discuss it in an episode in the future. Or would you even like to appear on the show to discuss something that you have an interest in? then please let me know. Guys, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you again. Bye-bye for now.